0: Welcome to the Pat Mayo experience presented by DraftKings Week 12 DraftKings picks and preview. If you're out there, smash the like button. Please do that. Also, subscribe to Mayo Media Network. If you're watching this, you might as well subscribe. And in the comment section, give me your single favorite play below $5,000. Any position on the main slate because that's what we're talking today we're talking about the main slate Uh, as a point of reference if you're watching the video the Steelers and Ravens game has been tentatively added to the main slate making it a 12 game slate right now they're not reflected in the graphics uh, we don't want to change them all up because that game still may or may not happen We don't want to change them one time then have to change them back so just now we'll be talking about the players but they are not on the graphics when you're going through them I know that people get triggered about that but hey that's on you not me Figure it out. If this is the thing that makes you angriest in life, you might have to reassess your priorities. I'm not going to lie to you. You live a pretty gravy life. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. I hope it was a good time. You didn't get into many fights with the family or through Zoom or however you did it, but maybe you want some money on Thanksgiving. That would be fantastic. And we'll try to win some cash on the main slate in week 12 on DraftKings. There's a $10 Millionaire Maker this week as well, plus the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, not quite filled yet, almost filled. The link is in the description of this video and podcast. You want the cheat sheet Saturday on DKPlaybook.com. Joining me on the line. It's been a while since you've been on the show. We were going to do it every week, and then we decided, you know, it's just too stressful to try to do. Chris (laughs) Meany from FDNDaily.com. What's up?
1: What's going on, man? Yeah, it's, as you know, uh, it's, this is the the point of the season where it's like, okay, how many how many copies of am I drinking per day, and how many you know energy drinks do I have in me? So happy to join you, happy to be here, and break down the slate and let's do this thing.
0: Well, it, it made a good combination today, you know, two Canadians talking about this. We can work on Thursdays; it's not that big of a deal. That's, <laughs> that's right. It's just Thursday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's just another day, although it is my favorite day as a Canadian, just, you know, working for American companies, you can kind of put the feet up. Yeah, we do some work on the side and help out the crew at FTN while they sit back and enjoy Thanksgiving with their families. And hopefully, like you said, you know, win some money, win some cash and all the FTN subs out there and all your followers win some cash as well. But yeah, I mean, I still like this day. It, it You know, it is a little I'm bummed that there is only two games, but I'll have some fun with it. Mm and I'll have some fun on the show with you breaking down the main slate.
0: If you are in need of more Chris Meaney in your life, Chris, tell everyone about The Daily Show.
1: Yeah, just uh, Mean Streets kicking up now. And and just really, like I said, now that we're into week 12 of the NFL season, going to start to turn the page and talk some other sports, you know, get some of the FTN minds on to talk some basketball, turn the page in hockey. And, you know, it's just it's a free show. You can listen wherever you want on any platform, but you can also watch on the YouTube page. We're really starting to try to ramp up our YouTube page as well. Thanks to you. Thanks to Benny Ricciardi, a couple other people over at FTN as well, just free prize picks. It's absolutely free. So there's no excuse to, to not check out some of the content, um, you know, head on over there, subscribe and continue to watch mean streets, giving away a Jerry Judy mini sign helmet. I'm just taking the first 50 people. I need like a couple more. So maybe this show will help me out. Subscribe, send that screenshot over mean FTN, gmail.com and, Get yourself in a draw. It's a free uh, mini helmet Jerry Judy signed, and I'm sure there's a couple Broncos fans out there.
0: I left a review. I forgot to send the screenshot. Now I want to win that. So, yeah. Yeah, There you go. You're in it. (laughs) FTN on YouTube. Go subscribe to that right now. Also subscribe to Mayo Media Network and subscribe to the audio podcast from Mean Streets wherever you download podcasts. Become a subscriber, too, at FTNDaily.com. Hugely discounted right now at the moment because we're almost three-fourths through the football season, but it gets you all the way through the NFL playoffs as well. So you get your projections, your ownership projections, all the premium content that's up there. Use code Mayo, get yourself a discount. Running backs on the main slate. Dalvin Cook has finally surpassed the injured... Christian McCaffrey has the most expensive player, ninety five hundred dollars. That's into Kamara. After that, I'm not talking. Christian McCaffrey might play. He's ninety two hundred bucks, but he, it's looking like he's not going to play uh, in that same game with Dalvin Cook. So Kamara, Derrick Henry josh jacobs nick chubb that's your seven thousand dollars and up and then from six thousand to seven thousand mike david mike davis clyde edwards Elaire james robinson ronald jones and alexander madison just in case something happens to dalvin cook regardless of the position this week meaning whether i mean receivers are far more affected by this but there's just a lot of unknowns because of injuries there's a game that we don't know if it's going to happen or not as of thursday morning when we're recording this there's more covid cases breaking out with the falcons with the browns like there's a lot up in the air, so it's a really difficult slate to actually talk about. But does anyone leap out to you at their price point of the top of these running backs that is an absolute must play?
1: Uh, I really like Josh Jacobs at seven two. The the thing with Jacobs that sucks is his, his involvement through the year. You know, week one he was catching some passes, was like all right, here we go. Maybe Jacobs will have a season where he catches forty passes, and I mean, it's it's very possible. But I feel like. In games that Vegas controls, it's the Josh Jacobs show. I mean, there's two games this year where Vegas played against KC and Derek Carr threw the ball more than we're used to him throwing the ball. But against the Falcons, I don't know if Julio's going to play. They just looked brutal last week. Matt Ryan got sacked a ton. I, I, I really like this Vegas team. I think they're they're very underrated and I think that they can go into Atlanta in the dome and can control this game. And usually when they're up in games, Pat, it's it's the Josh Jacobs show. It's it's two guys that you can trust in this offense. It's Darren Waller and it's Josh Jacobs. And when they get into these shootout games, it seems like Nelson Aguilar is that guy you can take a shot on as well. But you go look at the games here, the game logs from Jacobs. I mean, game in Carolina where they absolutely smashed. And, you know, he he touched the ball. He had 25 carries and 36 DraftKings points. KC, he was over 20. There was a game against Denver where they absolutely smashed again. He He touched the ball 25 times and had 32 points. So I'm looking at all the running backs on the slate. And I, I hear you. Like, which guys can you just assume are going to touch the ball 20 times? Which is Dalvin Cook, Henry, Chubb, Ro- Jacobs? Robbins. I always say Robinson more than Robinson. Chubb. Yeah, absolutely. Every single week, for sure. And Con- but after that. Yeah.
0: Connor's at 6200 bucks. I liked him on the Thursday slate because no one was going to play him. And I doubt anyone's going to play him on the main slate. But it's not like there's only three games. I don't need to use James Connor now.
1: Right. The one thing I've noticed with James Connor is... Big Ben is kind of back towards the Big Ben the last time we saw him in the full year when he led the league in passing yards and passing attempts. And now I'm looking back and I'm seeing him atop all quarterbacks in passing attempts since week five. And over the last two weeks, they've absolutely dominated the two opponents. They played Jacksonville and the Bengals, and they crushed them. And Ben still threw the ball 40-plus times in each of those games. They're not really running the rock. I know this is a tougher matchup against Baltimore if that does happen, but – Ben's chucking and chucking a ton and it just, you know, he's got three great wideouts to throw the ball to. So, and you have Benny Snell there who is, is taking some touchdowns from James Conner too. So that's my one issue with Conner, but you're right. He is priced down 6,200. It's not a bad spot.
0: It's okay. The the problem here is I think that there are enough paid down options at running back this week that you can squeeze Dalvin cook into your lineup and just not worry about it. Even Mike Davis at 6,900 bucks is, I guess Teddy B is going to be back. So I think that actually benefits Mike Davis a little bit, but just let's say you put Dalvin cook into your lineup. So you go from 5,500, 5, 5,555 for each player down to 5,000. So once we just skip this entire level of the 6,000s and like, I'm pretty good with doing that. It, it just seems like an absolute roll of the dice. I like your Jacobs call. He's kind of like mini Derrick Henry right now, except he has a much better yeah. matchup this week against Atlanta. But once we get into these $5,000 guys, like Belage popped up on the injury report. It doesn't look like is going to be back yet but Buffalo seeds a ton of points uh to running backs but even lower than that like we don't know if Miles Gaskin's gonna be back against the Jets he's off IR but is he gonna play we don't know Kareem Hunt is the one to me $5,600 I don't know where this price decrease came from from him with Chubb still being above 7,000 but Hunt has been the better fantasy player and he's getting all the goal line work over Nick Chubb that's the guy that yeah. you want <laughs>
1: He is. What was interesting, what I will say about that game when he got those three goal line carries in a row is reportedly Nick Chubb had lost contact and he was on the sidelines. But you're right. Kareem Hunt all year, even to begin the year. And even actually last year, I know it's, you know, Stefanski's there and the offense is different. It wasn't Kitchens, but even towards the end of last season, Kareem Hunt was getting a lot of the usage in the red zone. So yeah, I don't understand this price at all because last week he was 6,700. He's been, he's been at least 6,700 because Chubb was out for five straight weeks now. And even, you know, in week three, when Chubb was playing, he was up in the six K range. So this is, this is interesting. Baker's not throwing the ball. He's got 12 completions in three straight games. They're going to run the rock. Both of these guys can get theirs. Yeah. I really like that call. I kind of skipped over him when I was looking this morning at $5,600. It doesn't seem right because a couple weeks ago, they both hit the century mark on the ground. You know, that any catches through the air it's, you know, between the two backs is really going to go to Hunt. I love Chubb at 71, but you know if you want to come off of him, save some cash because the ownership that you're going to get is, is going to be lower with, with Kareem Hunt for sure. I actually like Balazs too. I know it's Balazs, and he's, he's not a great running back, but if Eckler's not going to play, Jackson's still on IR, and Kelly stinks – Belage has touched the ball 23 times in back-to-back weeks, Pat, and he's getting all the the uses through the air that you know you would expect Eckler to get, and that Kelly got three weeks ago. Everything is going through him. It's a high pace, up tempo offense. They're chucking a lot. It could be a it could be a shootout there, and I like Belage. Uh, he's pretty interesting because you know all the work is going to go to him.
0: He is he is expensive on this. I'd rather I mean I would rather play Hunt than Chubb just throw the prices out. I think that he's a better play this week. And it wasn't just the three in a row he got while Chubb was on the sidelines. We fast forward to later in the game, all of a sudden Hunt is the one still yeah. getting all the goal line work. So I think that does mean something. And the fact that he's better with Chubb back in the lineup is kind of hilarious, considering we all we were, we were so gung-ho the moment Chubb went down. It's like, oh my God, is Kareem Hunt a top five fantasy running back? Turns out he wasn't. Turns out he's exactly the same, but he might <laughs> even be more efficient now that Nick... Ch- Let Nick Chubb beat them down in between the tackles a little bit. Yeah can use your speed to your advantage uh chubb is all kind of like in the derrick henry camp along with josh jacobs at the same time like it's tough derrick henry's sort of an outlier with all of this because he scores so many touchdowns and he can have those three touchdown games jacobs is kind of the minier version of that it doesn't happen quite as often it just doesn't happen for chubb unless he breaks the 70 yard touchdown i don't want to say that he's useless he's not but he's overvalued every week
1: yeah, you are right, because he's not catching any passes. I mean, he's got four he's got four balls all year, but he has four games with a hundred yards. So yeah, I agree. I'd I like him. I obviously I wish he'd be a little bit more involved through the year. There's a lot of backs like that. Remember, I mean, Drake only missed the one game and Chase Edmonds came in and you just expected, oh, Chase Edmonds is gonna be a top five back. I mean, the volume was there, but more of a guy that I, I guess he comes in on third down roll and is just you know you temper expectations a little bit, you bring back the touches and he's more efficient in the offense. Alexander Madison had an opportunity like that when, when Cook was out and he, he couldn't do anything either. So sometimes these guys are just better when they come in and, you know, in third down rolls. And, you know, like you said, Chubb just tears down the the defense. That's what we saw last week. It looked like a brutal first half for him against the Eagles who had allowed over 100 rushing yards in six straight games. And then all of a sudden he breaks one out and, you know, it's just, all of a sudden it's a 65-yard run and he's over the century mark. So, yeah, I get that. Hunt is a good, Hunt Hunt is a good price at 56, but there's not a lot of guys I like in this range, Pat. I mean, I don't like Melvin Gordon against the Saints. Gus Edwards, I'm not going to go in on that chalk. I'm not totally interested in that. Henderson against San Fran. So, so
0: so here's what you can do. If we're just trying to mine touches. So you have Gio, who popped up the concussion on Wednesday. So now he's like doubtful to play. So I liked him at $5,700, but now you have Samaje Ryan, who is free, essentially, and is the only running back basically left in Cincinnati uh it yeah. seems like Brandon Allen might start for the Bengals now so instead of like it's just right yeah it's all up sucks. in the air but it's 4,000 <laughs> bucks like Edwards yeah. Is going to be chalky. Sure, he's fifty-two hundred bucks. But if Gaskin doesn't play, you have Salvan Ahmed at fifty-one hundred bucks. Like he's going to get all the touches. Wayne Gallman's going to get all the touches for the Giants at five thousand against Cincinnati. Like there are guys down here that you can use. No Rex Burkhead against Arizona, a high paced team. If they fall behind early, James White is only forty-five hundred dollars. I think you could take two of these guys from the lower end, and it allows you free access to Dalvin Cook if you want it.
1: Yeah, so that's where I was going to go, actually, a little bit lower into that 4K range. Yeah, James White, he just saw his his basically his best game since week two, no Burkhead. You're absolutely right, because Michelle and Harris are not going to catch passes. It's going to be an up-tempo game. James White checked a lot of boxes last week in terms of just snaps, his targets. It was... The James white of old nine targets, six grabs. And I would expect him to get four or five catches in this game. To be honest with you, I mean, Patrick Peterson may be on bird or he could be on Myers and you know, according to our wide receiver cornerback matchup, it's, it's actually a tough one. It looks like he's going to be on Patrick Peterson Myers that is. So it, it could just mean a few more dump offs for James white, but P Ryan was a guy anyways, Pat, that was trending up in this offense, even with geo getting touches. I mean, he has, 12 carries over his last two games. He's been involved through the air. I know it's. <laughs> this is the time of the year we're talking about Bellage and P. Ryan and Gallman and Ahmed and just <laughs> average, average running backs, but the volume and the opportunity is completely there. Uh, Ahmed caught five balls last week. I know Perry was on the field a lot, but that was in the final drive. I would expect this is a game that they can control a little bit better against the Jets, and he's another guy that I think will touch the ball 20 times. Gallman is pretty interesting. If you look at the, the efficiency... It hasn't been there, but catches out of the backfields. He really took over from Freeman a few weeks ago against the Eagles. He caught five balls. hes I, I feel like he's had a touchdown in four straight games. Yeah, four straight games, five TDs over that span. Getting and targets out of the backfield. I like this Giants offense this week against the Bengals.
0: So do I, and that's going to be the biggest problem because I like Daniel Jones. I like the receivers. Yeah. Uh, do I then want to play wing Gallman? As a kind of like a pivot off of that, I think I'll just probably end up stacking the passing game and maybe bring it back with P. Ryan if that's my game stack. And I have P. Ryan, who, listen, I have no idea how this backfield is. I don't have any idea of how he's going to do, but he's a $4,000 running back that I might be able to play that could have 25 touches, which is, is fine. And if it gives me Dalvin Cook and top end receivers, then I don't feel so bad about it at the same time, too. I maybe even pay up a tight end on this slate. Uh, and it depends on what game stack that you want to go to, because I really do feel like the Chiefs and Bucks are going to be the stack everyone is on, justifiably. It's like a 56 and a half point total game. The only yeah. other running back from down here, I can't do it, but I've heard the buzz about it, and I get it. I just won't do it,
1: is Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah no not for me either no no chance uh, what are you looking for last week was the ceiling game from from Gore what 15 points yeah he has to find the end zone he's not going to catch any passes if they're down they just show that you know Ty Johnson is going to be the guy to to catch a few balls out of the backfield so I can't do it either I mean I, I played him I'm gonna have to play him in a season-long league that's absolutely enough for me I am mean, I'm not spending my money on on Frank Gore but I do think that he will touch the ball 15 times it's that's pretty much a lock. I mean, that's going to happen. He's going to get the goal line work of it if they get down there. But yeah, it's not for me. I'd much rather P Ryan.
0: Is Kamara playable at this price with Hill at
1: quarterback? Because I
0: don't think that he is.
1: I don't think that he is either. But if you're looking to be contrarian, now is the time. I mean, yeah, he just yeah, had his but first th- game I, ever without a catch.
0: I think it's too contrarian at this point. I, I just, I, it's not that I think he'll have zero catches moving forward. But so much of this price is baked into the fact that he gets like. Eight targets a right. game, and now we just. Yeah, what's the maximum amount of targets he's going to see against Denver? Four is probably his ceiling, and it's more likely like one.
1: Yeah, and the defense is playing unbelievable, and they got Locke this week, who's a turnover machine. Nobody's turned the ball over more than Denver this year. So they're going to rely on their defense, and if they get up, it's going to be Latavius running the rock. That's how I truly feel. You have to go all the way back, I think, to 2017 to see Alvin Kamara's last 100-yard game on the ground. I think he only has three in his career, Pat. So you're right. This price is baked into him catching seven or eight passes like he did when Michael Thomas wasn't there. And you have to be really encouraged if you're a Michael's Tom- Michael Thomas fan or just a Saints fan in general, the fact that Taysom Hill just – Got Thomas involved. Everything was to him. A couple deep shots down the field, which I thought he underthrew, but uh, he looked pretty good throwing the football in general. So I agree. I think last week was a little, he only played about 51% of the snaps. I think his injury had something to do with it and the way that the game script kind of went out. But don't you feel like the game script's going to be the exact same? It's going to be Probably a similar score, 24 to 3 or 24 to 10, and they just control the game.
0: So there are two things with Kamara that really bother me here with his price point. One is the lack of targets and the lack of receptions to build that floor and give him extra ways to score. The other one is you talk about the snap count, and this potential injury that he could have so we could see him head to the bench in the second half they jump up I do think that playing Latavius Murray is a choice that they're making right now with Taysom Hill a quarterback to try to divvy everything up show a few different looks so let's say it swings back to the normal Camaro 70% of the snaps that's fine and Latavius goes back to the bench the biggest thing here is it's Taysom Hill who's stealing carries from these guys and almost like the Buffalo Bill situation We just saw Hill is not scared to call his own number at the goal line, which severely decreases his upside.
1: Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I think a lot of us over at FCN hit that anytime touchdown plus 310. Kevin Adams had any two touchdowns. It's like 8-1, to I think. Good on him. But you're right. There were no design runs for Taysom Hill in the first half, but we know that that's what he's going to do. It was just Sean Payton, I think, showing, you know, listen, you don't think that this guy can throw the ball down the field. Watch. He's going to throw the ball down the field. And then later on, especially in the fourth quarter, he was starting to run. You're absolutely right. He's going to call his own number because he can, it's easy. It's easy for him to get in easier for him to get in than to hand it off to Latavius or to dump it off to Camara. It's, it's absolutely old school Cam Newton and Josh Allen. I agree with you 100%. Um, are you in on Taysom? I know we're talking backs, but. A- a- as a quarterback 200.
0: play this week? Or do I think that the Saints can win yeah. with Taysom Hill?
1: No, I. as a quarterback play. yeah, Probably not. No, everyone okay. is really going to be on him this week. Yeah, it, last week was the week
0: to play him because he got the salary bump. Yeah what is he at now he's at at 62 62? yeah i think i can find better spot like i'd probably want to go cheaper or more expensive to really tackle those really high total games and this one just isn't it just seems like a really like sloggy type game and he'd have to replicate exactly what he did last week too in order to hit that number he just did it that um, maybe that's his level uh i would guess that he's probably somewhere below that so it's just a decent week for me i think to fade him wide receivers here's a here's a question Hopkins isn't practicing. Kyler Murray's banged up. They're probably both going to play. No one is playing either one on DraftKings, and they're both maybe the best players at their position.
1: Yeah. Pat, I feel like this is, I don't know, man. I watch your shows every single week, and I don't hear a lot of people. I feel like you've said this to every one of your guests. Why don't we just play Kyler Hopkins? (laughs) And, And I have this conversation with Kyle Murray, too. His ownership projections, it's always like, I always ask him, Where's Hopkins and why isn't he ever in the top 10? Like nobody's ever thinking about Hopkins, even though he's arguably the best wide out in football. He gets a lot of the usage, a lot of the targets this week. He got, you know, you see the cornerback matchup and you see, oh, Stephon Gilmore, but Gilmore hasn't been good this year. Even before the injury, he hadn't been good. And Hopkins can take any corner. He can absolutely win any single matchup. I play Kyler every single week. He, I mean, he let me down on the Thursday night, Football game, but that's it. And what, and even that game for Kyler, 20 points. So that's his floor. He just showed us that is his floor 20 DK points. I love him. I play him every single week. I stack those two up. I usually get involved with Christian Kirk as well. Those are three guys that I always like to play, and I see him up at 8 2. You see the shoulder injury everybody saw it on primetime. You're you're absolutely dead on with both of those guys. They're actually my favorite stack and I don't think that, you know, they're going to be owned. Everyone's going to go to Josh Allen and Diggs or Herbert or Allen. This is a stack that's going to be absolutely underrated. I, again, I love Kyler. You got that nice solid rushing floor. I think he's a stud. The
0: hardest part is actually, who do you bring it back with on the New England side? Do you go back to Jacoby? I would say it's probably Jacoby Myers, after everyone was on him last week, didn't perform. He's still, I mean, maybe that Demir Bird is a bigger part of this offense, and maybe with Nikhil Harry back, that all of a sudden his target share isn't going to be 45%. Well, I don't need it to be 45%. I need it to be like 25%, and if that's the case, he can ravage this inside part of the defense of the cardinals and and again no one's going to want to use him here's the thing with hopkins he's kind of following into julio jones syndrome where he's great but but no it's not even no touchdowns it's he's great but people only ever focus on the bad part of it not the good part of it i i was dead wrong on hopkins coming into the year i thought he'd be far more inconsistent than this but if you just look at the points that he's posted it's been crazy but it's like Lately, it's been off again, on again, off again, on again. This would be an on again week if we look at it, because he went 32, 21, 27, 11, 28 DraftKings points. Those are the first five weeks of the season. Then 9, 28, 6, 29, 10. Now we're in this week. So if it's going to be a situation where I always play Tyree Hill, regardless if he's under 5% owned, I think that Hopkins is going to be under 5% owned.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you look at that game log, isn't it interesting? The The games that he went off is the games that nobody really wanted to play. Exactly. Him, like against, right. <laughs> Buffalo. Oh, I can't play him against Tredavious White. No chance. I'm not going to roll him out there. I will roll him out against Seattle and he gets 10 points. I will roll him out against Miami. And he gets six points. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you, man. The targets have been there. And Kyler, I agree with you. At the start of the year, I was a little uneasy. I'd liked Kyler. I, I thought he could, you know, be a top five quarterback, just like everybody else. But I was a little hesitant to say that Hopkins was a lock and loaded top three wide receiver after like Thomas and Adams. I was like, okay, you know, starting to make excuses, like get Julio in there or, or anybody else like, like Hill, like you mentioned, but yeah, I Hopkins, I'll be playing and I'm I'm looking at Kyle's ownership right now. And every single week I see below 10 every single week.
0: And for someone with that kind of upside, my biggest detraction from, deandre hopkins coming into the year is that i thought that cliff kingsbury would really spread it out more that we'd see more inconsistency not to take anything away from hopkins who's amazing but Mm -hmm. using him as not necessarily a decoy but knowing that the coverage is going to shift towards him would allow christian kirk and potentially andy isabella or chase edmonds and we have seen some of that the hardest part you can't really you can triple stack with kyler murray and like use a christian kirk or someone else the issue is is Mm -hmm so much of his equity is tied up in his rushing touchdowns that you want him to have one of those games therefore you don't want to use a third person you want to find the guy he's throwing all the touchdowns to and then hope he runs a few in and then you're not left with the other guy holding the bag who has like two points
1: yeah i he's got a rushing touchdown in basically every single game he's played this year so yeah there's there's that threat and yeah. I mean, you could do potentially chase Edmonds, but I think that's getting a little too cute. You know, he had a receiving touchdown last week. He's had a couple this year. We all know that, you know, he's getting the usage out of the backfield, but Ken and Drake finally had the, the goal line touch on Thursday night football and, and he ran it in. So yeah, you're right. But I still find myself, you know, throwing Kirk in because there just seems to be at least one bomb a game where they try they tried at least once and they've hooked up a couple times I think he has two 40-yard touchdowns that's among the top near the top in in all of football so there is usually one shot down the field but he's been throwing to Larry Fitz quite a bit lately I'm not suggesting to play Fitzgerald because there's just no upside with him He he doesn't get used at all inside the red zone but he showed up a couple times over the past couple weeks and how you attack the Patriots is in the middle of the field in the slot but Hopkins can still kind of play that role even though he's not in the slot like they have that out route right all day if they want it
0: so the rest of the receivers Keenan Allen is now up to eight thousand dollars and it's Tyreek Stefon Diggs Thomas Ridley that is your level Adam Thielen's still on the COVID list right now but that does not mean that he is out Uh, at least by my understanding that he can still potentially play at home against Carolina this week. So he is $6,800. AJ Brown. I don't think Julio is going to play and I'm not playing Julio if he does because he might just come back in for one play and limp off the field again. Then Jefferson, Jefferson, D.J. Moore, Deontay Johnson, Robbie Anderson, Mike Evans, Chase Claypool, Chris Godwin—they're all in that like six thousand to sixty-three hundred dollar range. I have a feeling that people are going to like Cooper Cup uh, and Robert Woods coming <laughs> off the games that they just had. I'm kind of interested with Teddy B back at quarterback, even just trying to really pinpoint that game because if you're going to play Dalvin Cook on one side, you have to expect that they're up and they're running. A lot of people are going to play Jefferson, uh, especially with Thielen maybe not playing or they'll just triple stack that side. Robbie Anderson really looks good to me here with Teddy Bridgewater back. He is so due to score more touchdowns. It's kind of crazy.
1: And and that's all you hear, right? Is that Robbie Anderson hasn't scored a touchdown since what week one? Does he have one touchdown, but he's, he's in the top 10 in receiving yards. DJ Moore is in the top five in receiving yards. Both of these guys have terrific matchups. I, I am totally on the same page with you. I have DJ Moore in a lot of lineups going up against Chris Boyd, you know our wide receiver cornerback matchup says that boyd has a his, his catch rate is 78 percent, and then for robbie anderson against cameron dantzler 72 percent. so these are just prime time matchups for both of them and curtis samuel is as well on the slot has got a great matchup all three of them you're you're kind of playing that game which one but there's been times this year where all of them have you know flirted with double digit targets it's just about finding the end zone and finding the touchdown so if i had to choose between the three it may be robbie anderson because He's going to have the, the lower ownership of the three. It's going to be I, – I find myself not playing Curtis Samuel at all. I mean, I, I've missed the boat there over the past couple of weeks. I seem to always fade him. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to play this guy where I feel like he's going to get five or six touches. You know, some of them seem to come in the red zone, and he's been capitalizing on those touches. But for me, it's, it's Anderson, and then it's DJ Moore. I, Moore just sneakily is, like I said, top five in receiving yards. He just – He's that they're using him differently than they used him last year, which is a little frustrating as a deep ball guy. But I, I, if even if Teddy doesn't play, I like them both.
0: I think I would like them less if Teddy doesn't play. I mean, this is revenge. I, I thought PJ, I thought Walker was okay last week. He was okay. But those, inter, those Any touchdowns, those but. crippling interceptions were so brutal <laughs> that like, I just don't know what he was doing.
1: Yeah. Well, XFL star. There's a and, few quarterbacks out there like that. Now that, you watch them and you don't know what they're doing.
0: That's true. And I, I, if I'm if I'm going to say like DJ Chark's a play with Mike Glenn at quarterback. Uh, that's probably now.
1: I'm kind of defeated. No Denzel mind. Ward though. No, no Ward. I no I, Ward. No, okay. no
0: no Ward. No Garrett. Man.
1: It's yeah. It, actually, that could be okay, Chark.
0: I actually just think you play James Robinson. If you're going to do it.
1: Yeah. I mean Robinson every week. Every time I do the touches and targets article at FTN every Monday, he's he's always he's always been in the top five in terms of just as you know the snaps are nearly 100 percent. 80% is a lock and all the usage, all the work. But I think Glennon, I think Glennon will help this offense a little bit. All Mike Glenn hasn't done is won a football game. He's not <laughs> going to win one this week, but he made Chuck. We've seen him before. Chuck with Tampa. Do we, all right. do we think Darnold's going to be back ever? I don't think, I think Flacco's better for this offense. Sorry, Tim. Right. <laughs> He's throwing the ball down the field. Mims is showing up. Sam's not making, wasn't making those throws. I think actually Flacco is better for this offense. I thought their offense was okay um, last week. Then, you know, some garbage time points, but Denzel Mims is a DraftKings aside. I mean, he's cheap again this week. He checks in under 4k. I think he's a really good wide receiver. He's a big body wide receiver. who can go up and get it. And Flacco can do one thing and that's rip it down the field. And, They've been they've been hooking up. He had 271 air yards last week, Denzel Mims. He ain't getting that with Sam Darnold under center.
0: The the issue is Xavier Howard's gonna shadow one of Paraman or Mims. I'm guessing it's Paraman making Mims a better play, but I have no concrete evidence to support that's actually going to happen. That's just my prediction. That and if somehow Darnold ends up playing, I love Crowder at 50, Crowder, 50 yeah. bucks.
1: Yeah, especially he's been so disappointing without Sam Darnold, right? Yeah, it's I, I see Crowder ranked highly, and it's like, nah, that's, that hasn't been the connection with Flacco. Even a couple weeks ago, when Crowder had a touchdown, he only had two catches, and that touchdown came in the red zone. You're you're dead on, I think. You know, according to our our tools and what Jeff Reckliff you know throws out there, Howard should be on Mims, and even Byron Jones, who's been pretty decent this year. Um, he's going to be on Perriman. So that leaves Crowder with the, the matchup, the, the plus matchup out of all three of these guys with Nick Needham in the slot. So if it is Sam Darnold, I think you can go back to just assuming that he's just going to rely on Crowder and he's going to get double digit t- targets because that's normally what we see on an average basis. He gets about 25% of the target share with, with Sam Darnold under center.
0: The offenses I'm having a difficult time figuring out this week the Bucs offense, the Rams offense, the Steelers offense I just find it hard to play. Like, you're either committed to that stack or you don't play the guys.
1: It's a really weird situation. I think I'll, I think I'm going to fade that Pittsburgh Baltimore game altogether, which is crazy because I'd liked it on the DraftKings slate. I thought it was going to be underrated i didn't think a lot of people would go to it but now with all these games on the slate i just don't have any interest i definitely don't have any interest in in baltimore side of things besides maybe andrews but last time pittsburgh played baltimore they won but they won on their defense big ben couldn't do anything at all in the first half if you look at deontay johnson that was a game he left late and when he plays in games uh, the six games he's played in he's averaging double digit targets and nearly 20 fantasy points but that was a game that he was completely just shut out and even though baltimore has a ton of covid issues and injuries on defense i'm still not confident that ben can come in and and just chuck and chuck successfully if i had to choose between one of the three i would choose juju in this spot but he's not 100% so i mean if you had to choose i guess you go claypool guys got 10 touchdowns he just keeps the score keeps scoring every single week but that's an offense that i don't want anything to do on the other side kc tampa you're watching it man Brady loves Antonio. He just loves Antonio. He, he, sucks but, but, for Chris Godwin. But,
0: but that's the thing. Like, Chris Godwin still outperforms him in fantasy every week.
1: Well, I, I don't know if he did last week. He did. I guess, yeah, he yeah, got he the did. touchdown at the end. Yeah. Um, but but he still – I feel like he still throws A.B.'s way more than anybody else. But when they get down to the red zone, it's Mike Evans, right? It's just – and when you see Mike Evans, like, yeah, he's got nine touchdowns on the season. He only has two games with over 20 DraftKings points. You have to go all the way back to week four. And and he's got a touchdown in three of his last four games, and he still doesn't have over 20 DK points in those games. Like 15 points, 16 points. I don't want to spend, you know, it's only 6K, but I don't want to spend that on, on Mike Evans. Those big blow-up games, they're just not there. So I do think that people are going to look at the
0: air yards and use Mims because he's so cheap. I like Kaderil Hodge at... $3,200. He's starting on the outside for the Browns. The Jags have no one left on defense. If you need a salary saver, that's your guy at 32. But we talked about Daniel Jones earlier. Slayton's 49, Shepard's 51. Just use those two. Yeah,
1: why is Shepard so cheap? Like, people I,
0: just hate this offense.
1: <laughs> I get it, but you look at the game log from Shepard, and over at FTN Bets, every single week I have him there. His catch prop is three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, he six has- catches last week. Six at least six, six. yeah, in every game but two, and the or every game but one, and that was week two when he left with an injury early, and he was I watched that game I had another catch prop on him, he had four targets and two catches basically in a half, and he was going to be well on his way to to get six catches. So every single week it's double digit points, it's cheap. I like Jones this week. He's he's fairly cheap, and I agree that's probably why I'm not going to play Gallman because I'm going to be involved here. Tate is cheap too, but I I don't think there's any there's no need of it I think Slayton is the deep threat guy and 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 I think you can go to Shepard is this a guy that's going to get six catches again
0: now we have some other options like you could go to Nelson Aguilar if you wanted That's not going to be for me but he's a viable play uh Watkins at 47 is probably going to be the unowned piece of that Chiefs offense he's coming back from injury you mentioned Perriman a little bit earlier other than that I don't really see it with anyone else down here do you no, uh, Reynolds, pit, maybe. Pit, nah, I'd you know, I'd I'd find the money to play Pittman if that was going to be the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Pittman is I love Pittman. I think he's I think he's a great wide receiver. The one thing that I mean, eleven different people caught a pass with Indy last week. The ball's really spread out. the Taylor led the team in catches with four. But yeah, if there if there's a guy, I guess, in this range that you can say, hey, he's he's likely to score a touchdown, it's It's probably him. It's probably Pittman. Um, there's not like Mims, Tate, I guess, KJ Hamler. I just don't really see where the upside is, where the ceiling is for for Hamler. So there's yeah, and really there's not a lot here that I that I love. If
0: you wanted to use my theory on Arizona, that they're pretty susceptible to the pass, and you do believe that Nikhil Harry is going to be a bigger part of this offense, and they could be trailing in this game, he's only $3,400. I don't like him just because I don't like Nikhil Harry, but that is a pretty good price for the potential upside that comes along with it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, He's a guy that I watch, and I I can't believe that he was was drafted as high as as he was, but eight targets and five grabs last week is it's hard to ignore. And if you look at the first couple of weeks of the season, he was getting a lot of targets. He had 18 targets over his first two games, 13 grabs I mean, the target share over his first three weeks is right around 33%. And that's why Myers has gotten all the usage that he's got over the past couple of weeks is because Nikhil Harry wasn't around and Juliet Edelman is still sidelined. So I, I could get behind that because they're going to have to throw Kyler's going to, I would expect Arizona to get to that 24 mark, at least point mark, and they could, they can get up to 30 and cam last week he you know he showed that he you know he had that nice past bird down the field he had over 350 yards passing so i could get behind that one it's it's not totally for me but if we are just looking for somebody in this range right you got to take a shot and that's a high total game that's that's a good shot to take i mean i'd rather that one than kj hamler but hamler has you know 26 targets in his past two games it's just he's not the deep threat guy in this offense. And I just don't think that they'll score touchdowns. I have, a, you know, I, I think we can predict more touchdowns for cam and, and the Patriots than drew lock and Denver.
0: Bird isn't, it's a revenge game for Bird. A lot of revenge games it this is. week. We need Teddy B to play to really stick it to Minnesota. But <laughs> if you were to go to the top as a one-off, and that's really kind of the issue here outside, of, like even if it's Hopkins, you're probably not going to play Hopkins just by himself. You're probably not going to play Keenan Allen just by himself. It's going to be Herbert and Allen, or it's going to be Murray and Hopkins. Is there anyone from the top that you can see just using by themselves?
1: Maybe Ridley. I don't, I don't I, really want to play I Matt don't Ryan. want
0: If Julio Jones sits, I don't want a <laughs> single piece because of uh, the yeah of this yeah. offense the only one that I might consider just because he's so cheap and it looks like Todd Gurley might sit this week that Brian Hill's four thousand bucks
1: and he had more snaps last week as you know than Gurley for the for the first time all year um so yeah I I could see that the one-offs there really isn't much like I don't play Tannehill when AJ Brown maybe but like if if Brown goes off Tannehill probably has a decent day but I'm more interested in, in Derrick Henry. So actually I'm not even really totally interested in Derrick Henry this week. This is just a game I'm, I'm not in on at all, which maybe that's, maybe that's wrong of me because the last time these, these two teams played Tennessee and Indy, there were some fireworks towards the end of the game. Like it's a decent matchup for, for rivers to be able to, you know, at least maybe just throw a couple touchdowns. And if they get up, then maybe Tannehill has to throw the ball. But I, I I look at the one-offs at the top, there's not a really a lot that stand out. You're right. Like Diggs, you probably want to pair him up with, with uh Josh yeah, Allen and Hill, you definitely wanna pair him up with Mahomes. So yeah, maybe if Thielen, maybe if Thielen plays. Yeah, I could see just,
0: people will be off of him solely because it looked like he was gonna miss the week throughout the entire yeah. course of the week that maybe you can get an ownership discount because everyone's kind of locked into playing Jefferson at the moment because they're presuming that Thielen is gonna sit. So that's an interesting case to be made.
1: Yeah. Eleven touchdowns, leads leads all wide outs. You know that he's a red zone threat. So yeah, I could get behind Thielen as a one off. Tight ends. Kelsey? And if it's yeah. not Kelsey, who do you pay down for? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? <laughs> You're dead on. If it's not Kelsey, who do you pay down for? I, ah, man, I, I get I, mixed up sometimes with some of these Colts tight ends, you but know I'll what? probably avoid just, them all. Just say screw
0: it. Play Jordan Reed at 36. yeah.
1: Yeah, why not? I
0: I think that those are the two plays. You either play Kelsey, unless you're using a tight end, again, as a part of a triple stack where you end up with Ingram in it or Herbert Keenan and Henry, that kind of thing. I think just objectively, you're playing like a tight end isolated. You play Kelsey by himself or you play Jordan Reed by himself.
1: That's (laughs) <laughs> no, and even Waller, I don't like Waller because of what I said earlier. I just think it's going to be the Josh Jacobs show. I think Jacobs is going to get just a ton of work on the ground and all the goal line work, and it's just going to be, it's going to be him scoring the touchdowns. Yeah, you're you're, you're dead on. I'm going to have a lot of Kelsey this week. It's interesting. I've found all year, like I play a lot of cash, which is boring. But I've I played Kelsey Hill and Mahomes in back to back weeks when when they had the easiest matchups possible, and nobody played them. And I don't even know, even in a high total game against, against Tampa. I don't even know if people are going to play these guys. Like I was playing head to heads with Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey and nobody was playing these guys against the jets against teams that they could just roll. And nobody had, nobody wanted anything to do with them. I think people are just, they don't, they're looking for value so much, especially at tight end that they don't want to spend up for a guy like Kelsey. And every single week he just eats like 20, 20 DK points per game. I had like, a where I, else are you looking.
0: I, I had a pretty big DK week two weeks or three weeks ago when the Chiefs played the Panthers. I just stacked up that game with the Mahomes side of it. Yeah. And it, it, they were all like under 5% owned. Nobody played like, them. Perfect. This is great.
1: That's super strange to me. I I don't understand it. I like Ingram and, and Henry in that range. You you mentioned them. You brought them up. Those are the only two I like in that that four K range. I'm not going to go to Fant Gusecki. No, I'm not interested. Smith. I'm not interested in these guys at all. I just think there's more there's more of an opportunity for like a targets at least for Henry and, and Ingram to maybe get seven or eight targets. I just don't feel confident that any of these other guys like Smith, Fant, Ebron are going to get into that usage range. But you're right, Jordan Reed. Coming off the bye, you know, he played a little bit more in terms of snaps week 10 than he did week nine, you know, what are you looking for at the tight end position? What he's done when he's played touchdowns, five, six grabs. They're still dealing with some injuries. We don't know if I, last time I checked, Ayuk was on the COVID list. Don't know if he's going to play still up in the air. If Debo is going to return this week, I don't even know if Mostar is going to play. There's still a lot of question marks in this offense. We know that Jordan Reed is at least going to play. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to finish, but he's going to play. Yeah,
0: he'll get in his like just eight routes, and we'll see if his knee holds up, or his hamstring holds yeah. up, or however this is going to end up working. Stacks. Or let's just talk about independent quarterbacks first. I think that Daniel Jones is probably my favorite value play of the week. I actually kind of like Baker Mayfield as well. Baker has been dealing with this shit weather over and over and over. Mm. Everyone's just on. Baker sucks so much. This is such a good matchup. It should be pretty good weather. It might rain a little bit in Jacksonville, but not to the extent where it's like frigid like it's been with the Browns. And this is, like I said, a fantastic matchup. You could use Hodge to pair him up with. You could even potentially use Hunt in that circumstance as well. And that's like 1% ownership on Baker.
1: Yeah, Baker is interesting. I had this talk last night with with Jeff Feinberg on the Jeff Feinberg show. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, we both talked about Baker. We talked about Cleveland for a second. We were talking about games that we liked, and you know, I like the Browns to go in. I think they're six and a half point favorites. I, I think that they that they win this game pretty easily. My one fear is all the running in, in the second half, but I think that they could. This is a spot where they could maybe just take it. You know, let. Baker throw the football a little bit more because like I said 12 completions in each of the last three games you look at his game log there's only two games this year where he's thrown the ball at least 30 times and those were in shootouts and games that they were behind probably not going to be the case this week but it is a scenario where listen Baker doesn't have a touchdown in three straight games and the one before that was on the road and he threw five so maybe let's go to Baker. Maybe, they can, maybe they'll let him throw the ball a little bit more. If they can get up in the game, get some confidence, You know, have him chuck the rock. He's not my favorite quarterback, but I can see that. I, I would pair him up with – you know, Hodge is interesting. I would pair him up with either Hooper or – if you want to get completely nuts, like you said, just go Baker and Hunt. That, you're right. That's a combo that nobody's going to have, and it's a cheap one.
0: I, I just like it. They're using Hodge down the field. That is the guy that Baker yeah, is actually looking for. Like Landry is useless so Oh yeah, useless. And, and Hodge is thirty two hundred bucks. So if you want to save all of the money to build a super team, I still much prefer Daniel Jones in that range. I don't even know if to use Baker, but I think that's the he's just interesting coming in at such low ownership. And that game totals forty nine. Uh, a lot of really high game totals this week. I, the one problem with stacking the Giants is that's the lowest game total on the slate at forty three. Like that's forty three. Saints Broncos is 43 and a half If we're looking for like the game where the point should. Materialize 56 game total for chiefs and bucks 54 game total for Raiders and Falcons Panthers and Vikings are at 51 chargers and bills at 53 those are probably the and I guess 51 and a half for the Titans and Colts we just wanted to go by Vegas and see where the implied numbers are going to be those are the five games that you should really be targeting I kind of got talked to that Teddy Bridgewater Robbie Anderson DJ Moore look with Dalvin Cook coming back I think that's kind of interesting but Everyone wants to lay down the hammer with Mahomes or Brady here. I
1: it, do you have a feel for this game cuz I don't? Um not not totally uh for Tampa. I just I have more of a feel for KC, especially what Carr was able to do against that defense last week. They were able to to have some success um against KC, so you'd figure like Brady would have some, but I just have I have more confidence in in KC. I think that just every single week pat it's just they just get it done man it's they're not running a ton Mahomes is throwing Hill gets his every single week and Kelsey so I have a I have more of a feel with with KC. I think they'll have a, a, a hard time running the football and we saw last week Jared Goff I mean they couldn't get anything done on the ground and usually the game plan for Sean McVay I'm sure is to not have Jared Goff drop back 30 plus times and throw the football and that was the game plan last week to just have him throw the rock. And you saw Cooper Cup, you saw Robert Woods. So I would expect some a lot of chucking from KC and Mahomes. So I have a, a stronger feel there. And like I said, it's just you're you're playing a guessing game with these Tampa wide receivers. I mean, I I I thought it was Brown. Then you bring up a good point that it was Godwin. And then Mike Evans is getting all the work inside the red zone. Neither running back has has shown that they can catch the ball out of the backfield or have a lot of success running it and Ronald Jones had a big week a couple of weeks ago but he had a 98-yard run so I don't have a total feel honestly I it may I may fade the whole game in general which is which is crazy to to even think about I think people are going to overlook the, the Chargers and Bills game I think that that game will get, get into the 55-point range Do you like the Allen stack side or the Herbert stack side I like the Allen stack side because I think that I think the, I, there's nothing wrong with Herbert now, and I like it. I like Henry too, but I think that's going to be the, the chalkier one. I mean, Herbert every single week has been throwing three-plus touchdowns, 300 yards. Allen is a target monster. He's coming off that huge game. And Bills, sometimes I find like that team coming out of the bye is just a little forgotten about, and I, I think they've just been chucking. They've just been throwing more. A couple weeks ago, you heard Pete Carroll say, Wow, I'm surprised that they abandoned the run. They didn't run at all. They haven't been running at all this year. They've been throwing a ton. So, Diggs is right there every single week, target wise. I don't know if Smokey John Brown is going to play. He doesn't really practice throughout the week, but if he doesn't play, I think Beasley's in, in, in play. The last time we saw him was uh, against Arizona when Brown left early and he had 13 targets and 11 grabs. You know, touchdown upside's not there, but. At 5'5", he could be a guy that catches seven or eight passes and and returns value for you.
0: Yeah, and he falls into that weird price point where he just seems too expensive for Cole Beasley. Exactly. Where people don't want to play him. And if Chris Harris hits, I think that's a very nice matchup for him.
1: Let's talk about... What do you make of the... Sorry, what do you make of the the Bengals' offense? You just bucket completely off of it with Allen under center? (sighs) If it's Finley, I don't hate Boyd, I guess.
0: I think think that there could be value, because who's Bradbury going to be on? It's not going to be Boyd. Boyd's no, it's, pro-
1: it's probably going to be AJ. We don't want to play him anyways. I mean, it's probably going to be T. Higgins would be my guess. It should be T. Higgins, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if it was – I'm just taking a quick peek here now. It's Bradbury, according to Radcliffe. Um, Bradbury on green? Yeah, on AJ.
0: But that's I think that also might not be a shadow situation either. It's just I know no. that Boyd is going to avoid him. And Boyd runs the shorter A dot routes. Um yeah. he's just more of a possession guy that if he can sneak his way into the end zone, you know no one's gonna play him.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm interested, man. I like to light my money on fire. I I usually uh like to just try one lineup with the cheapest quarterback possible. I mean Brian Allen at four eight and Boyd, which nobody's going to play at five, or Higgins at four, seven. I, I, I looked would, at the
0: three I, games. I, I, I would go the other way on that. I just use the Jones stack with the Giants and instead of bringing it back with Piran, go- bring it back with Boyd.
1: Yeah. 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 I just feel like you should, I don't think that people should overlook Boyd just because of, just because of Allen and Burroughs out and the offensive line stinks and maybe no Geo. I just feel like that may be a situation where people avoid this offense down the stretch, but they're still going to throw. They're still going to throw the ball a ton. They can't run it. They just don't have success running. They're going to be down in a lot of games. I think this offense maybe a sneaky offense down the stretch here is just potential shootouts and having to throw. And I looked at the three games last year with Finley under center, and Boyd actually had at least eight targets in two of the three. One game he had almost, I think it was nine catches and almost had 100 yards. I think he's the safest. I think his role is solidified in the slot. And, and Allen showed last year, if it is him under center, Cortland Sutton had a couple decent games with him too, with, with Denver. I think he's, I don't think he's that bad. Obviously he's not great to even be a backup if Finley came in under, but at $4,800 in a game that they're going to be down, I wouldn't be shocked Pat if either maybe even both, like we saw last week, Higgins and Boyd could both come away with 10 targets each.
0: Potentially. I think now we're just trying to strip mine for, have we gotten to the point where we're now on contrarian plays or just bad plays? Where <laughs> I, bad. That's usually where, I usually live in the bad play side of things, but I, I, I like what you're talking about here. You're kind of selling me on it, which terrifies <laughs> me because I'll end up having one of these stupid lineups. Paul, Yes. Since we're on the topic of bad plays, why aren't we talking about Mike Glennon right now? Forty six hundred. Mike Glennon, forty six hundred. Yeah, he's secret Mike bald. <laughs> just don't forget he's secret bald. He takes off that helmet. You're like, good lord, this man is seventy years old. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Chark. Well, then you go go Glennon Chark you. and bring it back with Hodge. You'll <laughs> save all the money. Build an all star team. <laughs>
1: Great show we got here. Great advice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, from, don't, play play, don't play
0: Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. You want to play secret ball Mike Glennon and Baker Mayfield. That's where you want to be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather take a shot, honestly, on Allen or Glennon than, than Baker. I'm not totally interested in, in Glennon, but I like, the, I like Paul throwing it out there because, I, like we said earlier, there's some holes in this in this Cleveland defense right now. With no Denzel Ward, that's great news for DJ Chark.
0: It is. And that might actually mean like a lean back towards the running game for both teams. (laughs) Cause like it's not like the Jags defense isn't completely decimated too. I think they put like five guys on injury reserve this week. So they might just, this might be the fastest game in the history of the NFL. (laughs) Hopefully it is. Just turn around and hand (laughs) the ball off 500 fucking times. Defenses.
1: Man, a lot of intriguing ones.
0: If you can get to the Saints D, I say get to the Saints D, but you know, they're pretty expensive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. They're pretty expensive. Three eight, but they're gonna they're gonna be number one. They're gonna be the number one scoring defense. I'm pretty confident in that. Watch Drew uh, Lock, You can't really be that you
0: can't be that confident that any like what if
1: the Bills random,
0: what if the Bills randomly score two defensive touchdowns?
1: Sure, randomly. But every single week Drew Locke turns the ball over. Every week, Pat. They they lead the league in turnovers and Drew Locke just he throws a pick every week, man. It I write up the Broncos report for the Denver Gazette as part of a relationship partnership with FTN and Denver Gazette. And I, it's almost like back in the day when you were doing the Mark Ingram St. Stuff. I'm just waiting for them to be like, yo, can you just ease up on drew lock a little bit? You're a little hard on lock. You you never pick them to win. You always talk about all the turnovers. It's every week lock. You can't deal with pressure when they get in three wide receiver sets. He turns it over. Melvin Gordon sucks. They won't turn it over to Philip Lindsay. They're not going to be able to run on the Saints. Nobody can run on the Saints. They're going to be forced to throw the ball, so... I just Okay, maybe not a lock, but I'm pretty confident that they're going to be in the top three in terms of scoring. They've really turned it up. I heard you when Brad Evans was on your show a couple weeks ago and you talked about the Saints and how they typically start slow and then they turn it up in the second half. This is exactly what you're seeing from their defense over the past few weeks. They've been great uh, over the past few weeks, creating turnovers, getting pressure. Like I said, they sacked Matt Ryan eight times last week. So if you can get up to them, I agree. But there's a... There's a lot of intriguing defenses here. I know we just kind of talked about the Browns game being, you know, a run heavy game, but if they get up in the game, you know, they could get some pressure on, on Jacksonville. And even without Garrett last week, they were able to get some sacks on, on Carson Wentz who, who just sucks. But anyways, um, there's a lot of intriguing defenses here. A lot of them in that mid range price. Who, Bengals, who, who is the Giants?
0: G- yeah, I don't know about, the Giants. Yes. I don't know about the Bengals against the Giants. The one I had my eye on, and they're twenty six hundred dollars, so they're just no one's going to end up using them. But if the Rams really do want to pass that much, I don't hate the Niners. Sherman's going to be back this week, I think. Like almost all of their defense is back, minus Bosa, who's out for the year. And that defense is
1: good. Yeah, the defense is good. I think that they'll go back to to running the rock. Like I, I like I said last week, it was just a let's just throw the football because we can't run it on Tampa, but. Yeah, Goff is always I, I haven't really thought about the Niners, but Goff is is a guy that can we know that he can turn it over a bunch. They they weren't really on my radar, to be honest with you. Um what about what about the Raiders at two three? Don't, ha- don't hate
0: the Raiders. I can see them becoming exceptionally popular, and I just think fading the chalky cheap defense is just Just make that one of the ten commandments of playing DraftKings. Like where we just talked about defenses being so highly variant that getting on like a 13% own Raiders defense is probably not the best idea. Like you would have better success, honestly, every single week just pivoting over to like the Falcons at the same price, who suck, but you know, yeah. Kick return touchdown, all of a sudden they've tripled them in scoring. So what about there, it was pivoting the, up. I, I was thinking from down here, I think the Vikings are weirdly set up to have a good game against the Panthers only because I think they're going to face a lot of volume against. I would like the Jags. If I thought that the Browns were going to yeah. throw the ball a lot, I don't think that mm-hmm. they will. So now I'm looking at like the chargers at 2,400 bucks. Like Josh Allen's going to give you the ball once or twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They still have, even though they have a lot of injuries in their, in their secondary, they still have a few players who can, can make some takeaways. And I do think that that is going to be a sneaky, you know, both teams throwing the football a lot. I don't think either team, are, they're going to run the ball all that often. So that's not bad. What about, um, I know this is back up near the top, but if, you know, if you think the Saints are going to be super popular at 3-8, you know, you mentioned the Niners. What about the Rams at 3-7? I mean, it, Nick Mullins is awful. Yeah, Nick Mullins. Do we even know if Nick Mullins is starting in this game? Now we don't know officially that's I haven't heard much about any of these San Fran guys. It's right. It's just like, is most are coming back. Is Debo is Ayuk? I I I don't think it matters. I I
0: believe Debo is coming back. I think that's actually significant for their offense.
1: Yeah. But if it's Mullins or Jimmy, I, I think it's the same. Both, both quarterbacks aren't very good. Yeah. The Rams are Rams are, as you know, legit D they can get dial up pressure. You can't throw in these corners. I, I maybe that's the, maybe that's the play just to kind of pivot off the saints is like as a chalky play. Cause I'm seeing on the slate, there's enough value here that, I don't know you might be able to pay up for defense like I'm not suggesting well, the Dolphins I have no interest in them I mean I do I do have
0: a lot of interest in the Dolphins like you get, you get yeah get, get them
1: up against Flacco generating all the all those blitzes.
0: just play defenses against the Jets it's going to turn out to be pretty good uh, I just they're so expensive that it's really hard to get it's not hard to get up to them but I'd rather allocate that money elsewhere I'm very curious I'm doing the FTN live show at 7 30 p.m eastern time on FTN daily with Kyle and Javi So I'll get Kyle to run some of those projections by me in terms of ownership. And like, if I I think this is honestly a week to just do the pure ownership play at defense. Like if you want to lock in a cash game defense and you can get to the saints, do that at the mid level. I mean, if you're not doing a giant stack, I think giants defense actually does make a lot of sense. And underneath that, the one thing I don't like about the Rams is I think that regardless of who plays quarterback, because like you said, they're all pretty much even for San Francisco, with Mostart and Coleman likely back, that we're gonna see a lot of running out of them.
1: Yeah, well, that's usually their game plan, I agree. But how successful will, th- will they be to run the run the football against them? They're they're a pretty stout defense. You can run that's against the way you attack them. Yeah, yeah, you can but not a lot of teams have had a ton of success running against them and they'll, they'll stack the box and they'll know that (laughs) that's going to be San Fran's game plan is, is to run the rock no matter who's the quarterback. I I think that's going to be pretty obvious with no, with no George Kittle. So I think I still like them as a, as a defense that will be able to generate some pressure, stop the run and maybe create a few turnovers. Um, Would you go chiefs? Just because Tom Brady I, stinks or I, what? I,
0: I was just looking at the Chiefs and they generate so much pressure and they're usually playing from ahead, forcing the other team to throw. I think that you can make a case if you just, if you wanted to fade that game completely, like not knowing yeah. where to go or it's too expensive and that's just the stand that you're taking. I don't think Chiefs D or Bucks D is a horrible idea.
1: Yeah, I, I think both could, I yeah, I would rather maybe Chiefs, but the Bucks D... The Bucks D is is legit. They're pretty good. They got some players who can make some plays, but again, it's Mahomes. He doesn't turn the ball over too often, and and they just always seem to have such a perfect game plan. Uh, Andy Reid was so jokes last week, and the, and the comeback against the Raiders, like, yeah, you know, well, I had a minute and a half left, and I had Mahomes, so it was pretty easy to get it done. Um, but it'll be a tougher matchup for them. I, I think the Chiefs could be could be pretty interesting, man. Maybe Tom shook, You know, he's every time he tries to throw the ball down the field, he turns it over because in years past, it was just. Dinks and dunks. That's all it was. It was, that's how the offense ran. Now he has some weapons that he can throw the ball down the field and he can't hit them. He's overthrowing guys. He's, he's missing reads. It's, I love that Bruce Aaron seems to call him out every single week that he makes these plays like they're completely on Tom. It's almost like he doesn't know the playbook. <laughs> That'll do it. It's weird. On
0: yeah. the Pat Mayo experience, Mean Streets, check it out wherever you download podcasts and subscribe to the FTN YouTube page. Meanie, you can follow on Twitter at. Chris Meany, hockey, basketball, baseball, Meany—it's all coming for you. I—I I don't envy
1: you whatsoever. I know. I was doing second base baseball profiles yesterday, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I, it is a lot of research just to figure out where guys went and, and what they did in the short and weird season that was MLB last year. But yeah, it's all—it's all happening. Just gotta power through, get it, get it done. We could find out if hockey, when hockey's going to come back, it could be Jan 1. I'm, I'm going to step away a little bit from basketball. We have a lot of guys over at FTN who are a lot sharper than me when it comes to the hoops, but I'll be involved a little bit. But any hockey fan out there that, uh, you know, they follow my work over at The Athletics, can be a lot of similar stuff over at FTN.
0: Yeah, use code MAW. Get yourself a discount when I'm sorry, meanies premium package ends up coming up. The college basketball package is out right now. Hot day one. I I mean, I don't watch college basketball or know anything about it. I just blindly tailed the bets at ftnbets.com and won a bunch of money. So, you know, I'm in, I paid for my subscription already. Uh, If you go to ftnbets.com, you can get the college basketball package right now. Some really sharp bettors up there. Use code Mayo to get yourself a discount on that. My cheat sheet will be up on dkplaybook.com on Saturday. I'll be back Friday with a full injury report. So hopefully we have some more clarity on a lot of these situations and Sunday morning I'll be live with Brad Evans 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Mayo Media Network, which you should subscribe to right now, okay? Thank you all for watching. Play in the Listener's League. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.
1: Mayo Experience!
0: Experience!